We are live. Are we live? Are we free balling? Not yet. Not yet. I think we are. I think you're. I think you're mistaken. Oh man! My bad. Personal podcast. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> well, happy Monday, P- post for podcast. You're rocking with Jules Nuclear and Colin Moe in here. But you're not on either. No, I'm not on. There we go. There we go. We're having technical difficulties. My face hurts. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Damn it! I, have no. a, I want you to feel all your face when you're with me. All over your face. I have uh, nerve damage from this thing. Really? Yeah. So it, okay. Okay. First, we gotta talk about what it is. We're talking about. First of all, thanks to our sponsors. Thank you to GJJSAV, Great Jiu-Jitsu, Savannah, the best place in the world to train the best martial art in the world with the best dude in the world under the best guy in the world at the best place in the world with the best people in the world. Best people in the world. Um, we're gonna run out of worlds. <laughs> We got multi-dimensions, we're all right. Uh, it's a, a dominant, uh, relatively dominant academy. And I'm not saying this, this area? to be like a yeah. braggy guy because yeah. it's the one I train at, but uh, something they're doing something right, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not just bias. Right. It's not just bias. Like, I really, it, it all, you go there, you can feel it. It all stems from the zen and balance and focus and, yep. and photographic memory of uh, our, our fearless leader, <laughs> James Fenizio. James Fenizio. We are the Fenizio fanatics, by the way. Thank you to Guayaki. They don't know they're a sponsor, but they certainly are. I'm drinking coffee this morning because I'm taking a little break from tea. But uh, when I do drink tea, I drink Guayaki. Why are you taking tea. a break from tea? What's, what's going on with tea? Because um, uh, I was running behind. Oh. It was a little quicker for me to make sure. <laughs> it's not taking a break. Was, just... Coffee was already there. <laughs> so... Yeah, so Guayaki is, uh, they were, so I've talked about this before, my buddy Dave, not my buddy, I always say that, he's not my buddy, he's a guy I kind of knew, out of San Luis Obispo, he he had a business degree out of San Luis Obispo, went to uh, South America, and discovered that they were drinking this beautiful tea, Uh and it was called mate, yerba mate, I guess, or mate, and um, yeah, that was called, yeah, just mate, anyway, they were drinking it to stay high, and like, moving, and they had these gourds, and and the workers were all doing that, and he's like, man, this is cool, he was trying to like, he was down there for philanthropic re- philanthropic reasons. Yeah. So he decided he was. They were not getting living wages. So he's like, I'm going to buy up a bunch of this. We need to get investors. Buy up a bunch of this land. This is how I understand it went. Mm-hmm. Buy up a bunch of this land, and then um, we can grow this tea under the canopy, so we don't chop down trees and we pay the people a living wage. And that's what he does. That's a great. That's a great. Isn't thing. that a cool that's, business that's, model? That's amazing. It's amazing. Come I on. wish more people thought that way. Shout out to Guayaki. I think more and more. Honestly, I think more and more. This generation that we're uh, coming into now, my kids' generation, you're actually kind of your generation. Yeah, same. More and more people do think that way. Yeah, more altruistic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're caring about humanity. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we are in the age of Aquarius, and that's what, like, an Aquarius is all about is community. And, really? You know, yeah, a humanitarianism. That's what the Aquarius sign is, you know? So it's just all about togetherness and building one. Really? Yeah. It's great because we got this new Aquarius moon coming up, which has like all these planets in Aquarius. If you guys believe in all that astrology, if you guys like to follow it, it's interesting. But man, Aquarius is interesting. The sound. Aquarius moon. That's when your friend uh, who was born in February uh, takes his pants off in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> but you've just been in Aquarius moon. Uh, Aquarius moon, baby. <laughs> what do you think of that Aquarius moon? What you thought about this? Doesn't make you want to help people. <laughs> It's got my name on it. <laughs> now it's it's funny because actually uh, speaking of Aquarius, uh, I got a driver's license right, and they flipped my birthday. So I was born August second, nineteen ninety three, which is eight two. They flipped it two eight. So, oh whoa, that's Aquarius. Yeah. So now my birthday is actually today. Oh, happy birthday! Hey. Happy happy uh, driver's license birthday. Happy driver's license. <laughs> my dad says happy fake birthday. I'm like, thank you. It's not fake. It's very real. It's, to me, the the what? way I, the way I defined it, I was like, Dad, look, look, the universe, God. 
wants me to mature quicker. Universe is like, you know what? You're going to be 28 today instead of 28 in six months from now because I want you to evolve now. So yeah, here's yeah. here's 28. And then my mother's birthday is uh, on the 11th. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm, well, happy I'm, birthday to her. She's a joy. Yeah, she's man, uh, beautiful. I'm beautiful blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. She's going to sing with <laughs> she on the phone with you. My mom answers the phone singing. Like, yeah. Jimmy, uh, how you doing? Yeah, she's like, hey, uh, listen, I can't take this call right now. I'm in the middle of a gospel concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back, okay? Yeah, my, mom's, yeah. my mom's on the other line still singing because yeah. I told her to hold, but she's not yeah. done singing. Yeah. So, yeah. so I click back, hey, mom, hey, la, 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 la. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe it was God who wanted you to evolve quicker, or maybe it was just that uh, lady at the DMV um, at the driver, at the tag office. Sure. Uh, license office who... Uh, Don't you take the magic away, Colin. Yeah, no, I'm not. That's, oh. a, that's pretty magic. That's, that's, oh, that's magic that she yeah. messed up? She, For she, Bertha... Bertha, who's about to retire. B- Bertha did it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, shout out to Bertha at the DMV. Shout out to Bertha, man. Get that work move. Get that. Take your, yeah. Go take need, a break, man. You're not going to need all that money. Nah, you don't need all. <laughs> yeah, all the money you saved over the years. <laughs> Use a little bit and do something for for you. Yeah, give a little bit to you. Go, yeah. go on a spa retreat. Shout out. Go ahead. Get that work move. Go, go get a massage. Yeah. But mainly get that work move. Get the- <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Where's that worth at? <laughs> Where that Bertha? I don't know. But. So they transposed your birthday. Isn't that a problem, it, though? Like, what happens if... Technically, it's a problem. Uh, I should probably go get it changed, but I think it's interesting that my birthday is today. So I just wanted to live my birthday, and then... Uh, you know. That's really cool. And then change it? <laughs> and then change it, yeah. Wow, that's really... I've never even heard of that happening before. Yup, they just switched it. And to me, I'm like, that's faded. You know what? It's it's 2-8 now. 2-8-93, and I'm turning, I turn 28. So I'm like... Today. Yeah, so I'm like, dance 2-8, and I'm 28. Uh, just, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's your golden birthday. It's my like golden. It's all it's all it's all aligned, baby. This is so cool. And now instead of being a Leo, which I was when I was August second, I'm now an Aquarius sun. But my moon is also Aquarius and my rising's an Aquarius. So I'm a whole fledged Aquarius, full fledged Aquarius. Man. Yeah. So it's like yeah. So I'm all about community right now. Like that's what I need to be okay. all about. Yeah, I hear that. You know what I, I you know what I uh love about you is that your life is just always dripping with magic. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I just pour it. I just <laughs> So or, let's talk about something that wasn't magic. Oh yeah. Well it, maybe it was, but the fight. Oh my fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I fought this weekend in South Carolina. Well, you don't have to sound despondent about it because you yeah, learned. You know, yeah. No, I'm it's not I guess you could say it's despondent, it's me just like, you know. Yeah, we're going through the tunnel, and we're about to get right in there, you know? Like, yeah. But, yeah, and I say it wasn't magic, but maybe it was magic. It was magic. Because here's what I l- learned from watching you go through that, mm-hmm. is um, is that uh, you recognized immediately what what was going on with you. In the and, moment. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't do that, but you, also the fact that your ego isn't driving you everywhere you go, um, you were able to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because you say the ego's not driving, but I feel like it's like I, I have to like listen to the ego because I'm, I'm we're constantly grappling with the ego. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to yield to win, just like in jujitsu. Yeah, we talked about this before. We're like, how, yeah. how do you not have ego? Yeah, you, crazy. you have an you gotta, ego. Yeah, that's the whole point. And right? the best thing you can do is check it at the door. Check your baggage at the door, or just be in charge of it. Yeah, exactly. Don't let it be in charge of you. Right, right. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, yeah, kind of be in charge of it or work with it. Integrate yourself with it mm-hmm. instead of trying to like either take control of it or letting it take full control. You kind of got to have this 50 50 thing going on like you know like a 50 50 leg lock situation we both have a heel hook you know we both have this or that and all i have to do is turn my hip and I, i'm 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 on top so yeah here's an interpersonal for those of you who don't do jujitsu here's another <laughs> analogy uh <laughs> it's like if you hang out with a bank robber all the time as long as you're the one making the decisions of where you go next everything's right. gonna be cool <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he can be the getaway. But if driver. he's in charge of where you're going next, you yeah. might be robbing a bank. Right. <laughs> you yeah. don't know. Yeah. So be in charge of your ego. Yeah, yeah. definitely don't let your ego. Yeah. Be uh, the bank robber, but don't be like absent minded. Lee bank robbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either do it you can or... hang out with bank robbers. You can hang right. out with murderers. You can hang out with you can hang out with the great unwashed. Uh, the great but, unwashed. But Don't definitely, <laughs> but definitely, that's gonna stink, boy. Definitely take uh, control of the schedule. Yeah, and and for me in my fight, you know, I went in there and yeah. I felt very, uh, I felt comfortable. I felt like yes, I'm ready to go. You didn't feel overly ego. You didn't feel overly like com- like yeah. You no, didn't, no, right. No, I, I didn't feel like overly confident. But right. I, but I went in there thinking like, okay, I'm going to win. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And the second I slap and bumped, I I don't think I've ever felt this way. Almost like all my energy was gone. You just drained. All also. like like completely drained. And but also mentally, I didn't really have anything in my mind. Like James was telling me things to do. Like get the underhook. I'm like. Underhook? What? What's an underhook? Whoa, <laughs> I'm like, it man. was. It was almost like a panic attack shock system. But it's like how how I think about it. It's more like a culmination of all the stress and anxiety that's been going on in my life, in my daily life that I just haven't addressed. And in that moment, being in front of everybody and having to do something that's totally on me, and having to, you know, competing at a high higher level, you have to know yourself. You know, I think that's the hardest part about competing at a high level. You must know yourself and you have to be calm and you have to like walk in your truth. Okay, hold that thought for one second because I'm going to make another analogy here. Mm. Or not an analogy, mm. but this is this is in every stage, every every part of life. Yeah. I, oh, had, yeah. I had an acting teacher tell me this exact same thing. Mm. said, yeah, you can act and you can do all this stuff. Uh, this is when I was in L.A. and I was doing auditions and stuff. Okay. And it was like very daunting. But that's what she told me. She goes, um, if you want to do this at a high level, you have to know yourself. If you don't get to know yourself, you're going to always just kind of be, you yeah, know, somebody who tried to do this. Try, yeah, try to. Yeah. You're not going to be able to but, hold up to it. But step one, know yourself. You got a lot of work to do. I mean, yeah. she was like ma- bringing me to task. And Damn. and that's exactly what you just said. Yep. If you want to do it at a high level, you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. I would guess that that's about everything. Across the board on anything you want to do. You want to be a surfer, pro surfer, you got to know yourself because it's, it's you and the wave and the board out there. That's it. You want to be a good parent? <sighs> you better know yourself. You better know yourself. For sure, definitely. Yeah, and, and good husband, and, yeah, good husband, yeah. Anything, teacher, How any about kind of a teacher, good friend, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, come on, that, isn't that step one of everything? It really is. Wow, it's like it's like we're it's like everybody's walking around making eggs, only they're forgetting the butter or whatever. <laughs> what? what? No, wait, I don't know. Uh... that's a terrible analogy. It's like everybody, <laughs> yeah. It's like, but there's an ingredient, the, the key ingredient's missing. Mm-hmm. What's something that just has the main ingredient, like pa- pancakes, right? Pancakes, and they're like, yeah. I can't get these pancakes to work at all. You don't have it's any. You don't, like have, you don't like have any water. Like, you don't have no water. Flour. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no flour. flour. No flour. Flour step one. What's wrong with y'all? Got to get to know yourself. That's flour. Got to know the flour of your soul. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't yeah, want to stop no, your that's thought, fine. but I thought that was really interesting. That that's everything you got to in order yeah. to operate at a high level. You got to know yourself. Yeah. So that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Got to know yourself, and I felt like in that moment I wasn't being truthful to my beliefs, what what I wanted, my truths in certain areas of my life. I had been kind of being a fraud, and not just imposter syndrome, which I think is yeah, not that, nec- everybody. Yeah, yeah everybody that. gets that, but that's not necessarily like actually being a fraud. That's just like you wanting something, but you're too afraid. But there's like a lot of things that go into imposter syndrome, fear and and all that. But mostly me, I was actually living fraudulently because I wasn't 
living into my truth. I was doing something based off someone else's expectation and caring about what somebody else needed and not what I needed. And what I needed and what they needed didn't coinc- weren't coinciding. Which, and, which uh, can I argue that a year yeah. and a half ago you would have that that's just kind of how you did everything. Yeah, my whole life was like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ran on other people's expectations, mm-hmm. other people's time, and ultimately uh, it bled into. Anything I did, which made me look very half-assed and made me look very wishy-washy, and I'm made sure you very I'm ashamed of yourself. Ashamed, yeah. And think about shame and guilt, man. Shame and guilt fucks with me. Mm-hmm. It's all it always has because you're raised by a woman. Same here. Is is that what it I is? Think, I think partially. Uh oh, don't don't women, add us, ladies. Hey, don't I'm not, add us. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not giving them <laughs> shit, but I'm just saying. Like, I, w- women interact. Uh, they dis they discipline differently than men, mm. and my mother couldn't beat the shit out of me when i was 15 so uh she knew that and that year was coming so she didn't ever she didn't raise a hand to me Mm. but but definitely if she was disappointed i was i was i was walking around carrying a giant blanket of guilt (sighs) and it was heavy yeah it was heavy and like the lack of forgiveness and almost like the it's a habit for you yeah and being cold you know um, in my in my family in particular, like judgment was huge. People yep. judge people a lot, and also lack of forgiveness was huge. So if you made a mistake, it was like cold, cold, cold. Um, okay, now I guess the season changes warm all of a sudden. But there wasn't like a communication or some kind of conversation that was like that eased us into the the transition of it being cold now to let's work ourselves back to being warm and, and good with each other. It was more just like time, and then all of a sudden, okay, now everything's back to normal, kind of. Yeah. So. Me not right, but you never had a up. moment of like being released yes, and saying, you yes. know what? Listen, remember what we talked about before. Uh-huh. I'm very proud of you. I, d- I want you to know that. Yeah, um, this is a I mistake. We understand. Like these things the, are going to happen. The, pa- the plate was never cleared. Yeah. And and yeah, something. I, yeah, the palette was never cleared. And I never saw something where like, oh, hey, I, I get it. You're going through this thing. I went through this when I was a kid. Or blah 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 blah. Here's here's some life experience from me to you. It's more like you should be doing it like this. Why you're not doing it like this? Do better. <laughs> Instead yeah. of like, here's some kind of like uh, I don't know, analogy or something from my life as as an adult now because yeah. I'm not perfect. Let me tell you about my flaws, mm-hmm. and so then you can feel easier about your flaws. That's something. That, when, when, I don't want to get too far from your for sure, for from sure. the fight, yeah. but but no, but still, but I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, I'm curious uh, because you always remember these things so clearly, or usually. Um, do you remember a moment when you realized that uh, that your mother or father or or your older siblings mm-hmm. had they also had moments like that? Um, do you remember thinking, "Oh, these are humans. They they must have had that happen too." Yes, yes, because I would hear how they would talk about other people. It would be mostly like in conversations about somebody else, like, "Oh, this person did this and messed up, and they're and they're flawed, and blah 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 blah." Oh, okay, so you're talking about other people's flaws. Okay, mostly other people's flaws are being talked about. So I learned about flaws because of people talking behind people's back. Yeah, and and it just being like a huge thing. I remember one time, uh, well, really something that tore my family apart. Again, we're kind of derailing, but we can come back. Is my grandmother dying in 1998? I know that dog needs to shut his mouth. Was, <laughs> damn, bro. Like you sh- hey, I got to save her. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Keep talking. Your grandmother died? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, my grandmother passed away in 1998. And, um, <laughs> it's funny. She died in 1998, and she died because uh, one of my aunts was supposed to be taking care of her. It was very, it was cold, it was snowing, and there was black ice on the ground. And, um, and uh, she wasn't taken care of properly, and she fell and slipped in her head and died. You're kidding. Yeah, and, and that tore my family apart. 
it tore my family apart completely. Like there was all this hate on one side of the family and this side of the family. Like you should have been taking care of her. You guys are useless. I heard the word useless a lot. You know, that's like it's an average Liberian thing. People say, I'm going to make you damn useless. Like that saying, you damn useless. People would say that a lot. And so I heard that and like just seeing the flaws of like people. Like it created so much stress in, and infighting. Oh, yeah. Because there a lot was of blame. Mm, a lot of blame, a lot of okay. shaming, and a lot of guilt all over the place. And people rarely spoke. My mom would always talk about how, like, in my family, people never spoke to each other. And how, like, people just talk behind each other's back and there's a lot of gossip. Yeah, tons of gossip. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting? We talk about we, on the train of women. I have more, mostly women in my family. Yeah. I have mostly aunts. I mostly spent time around my mom, my aunts. I got a sister. I got a lot of cousins who are females. I spent a lot of time around women and strong women. Some some of my aunts had husbands, but yeah. some of them, a lot of them were single mothers too. You know, mainly because I feel like it was easier for women to get to America as refugees than the men. Oh. Yeah, the women got here first, and then they always sent for their men. Really? Yeah, it wasn't easy for the men to get here. Oh, why but is that? I, I don't know. That. I, don't, I, I don't know. I just know that my grandmother came here first, then my mom came, my aunt came. All the women, and maybe it's just my family, and maybe they were just more driven, or maybe the men were too busy dealing with war stuff and keeping, yeah. I don't know. But my dad had to be sent here. Uncles of mine had to be sent by the, the woman. A lot of the men got sent while the women were here first. Interesting. Because they came with the children. I don't know anything about it, but if I had to guess. Yeah, they came with the children, and, um, the, and the men stayed back, and I, yeah. I just took care of like affairs. Yeah, while, while it was like women and children first. Yeah, always women and children right, first. Yeah. So the women went, and then the men stayed behind. Some of the men had to stay there. So a lot of my uncles were still in Africa, and it took them years before they can come to America. Um, yeah, same with my dad. When, when, uh, when your grandmother died, she slipped on the ice? Yeah, slipped on the ice and fell. Uh, is that what happened to Jim Fix? Or no, 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 not Jim Fix. The guy who uh, Atkins diet Ooh. slipped on the ice and hit his head. She hit her head. Yeah. How old was she? Like uh, seventy something, almost eighty. Yeah. So she was older, and she got a she got a bleed on the brain from that. I think like yeah, just. And then she lived in the home after that. Is that what you're saying? That like there was she didn't get proper care. No. Oh no. Like before that. Before that. Or just, she didn't have proper care before that. Yeah. 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 Just, oh, okay. Yeah, and the same thing happened with my grandfather, who was actually my uncle. He who, fell on the ice too. No, no, no. He just he just didn't get taken care of properly by family members, and that that's always been an issue. He passed away three years ago on Mother's Day, actually, oh. and that has always been an issue in my family. Um, so yeah, I in guess, the home, in 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 the home, talking about my no, family. no. He passed away in the home. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Wow. Okay, so in, in but in Liberian culture, every uh, the the elderly stay in the home. They don't go to a usually. They don't. They okay. don't. That's why. That's why it was like. The only person that could take care of him was my mom, which was his, which is her, his sister. And she was working yeah. X amount of jobs and trying to take care of him. She, she just had things to do, and she couldn't take care of him 24-7. He needed somebody to take care of him 24-7. Yeah. And we have family members in Minnesota who could have taken care of him, and that's always been talked about. Like, they why? didn't show up to do it. And, and, and they, were, they were his sons and daughters. Yeah, but so they were supposed to take care of him, and they're actually my—they're my second. They're my cousins, but I call them un- uncle aunties because, like, my mom is very high in the family tree. So I'm really high in the family tree, but I'm young because my mom yeah. had me really late in life. Yeah. So all my uncles and aunts that are in their fifties right now. They're actually my cousins, and my grandfather who passed away Mother's Day is actually my uncle, and uh-huh. my grandmother who passed away. That's that's my grandmother. <clears throat> oh, okay, it was his mom. It's just a respect thing. We just call them the the higher. Ranking Okay Oh you're not my cousin You're my aunt Because you're much older than me You took care of me When I was a baby So you're my aunt Yeah so how old was your mom When she had you 
Thirties, uh, late thirties, late thirties, like thirty-nine. I was my mom was thirty-seven when she had me. Yeah, late late life. Yeah, we talked about that too. I think that, that's one of those things that like uh, you're different if you were born late in your mother's life. Yeah, people are people yeah. are different. If your if your mother's like twenty-five had had you, it's way different than thirty-nine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something something real different about that. I don't know what the experience. What's different about the experience exactly? Probably a lot of things. Oh uh, yeah, but it ends up uh, giving common attributes because you and I have this. Our, this bond over different common attributes we have, but mm-hmm. I think one of the things that 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 is in common is that. Yeah, that and makes that, makes sense. Yeah, something about how we were raised. I I think because you're being raised by like an actual solidified human, like yeah, right. It's like, not you're not learning with them. You're not yeah, being raised with them. You're not being raised with them. Where, they they have know. who they are down and what they do, and it's, it's to the book. Like that's what they do now. It's not like um, oh, is trying. it security? Maybe it all I depends. Think it's a sense of security. It could be. In, in in the positive light. Well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. you have you you're raised with a sense of security, just fundamental sense of security. It, your life could be mayhem, but still, there's a fundamental sense of security because this person mm-hmm. has uh, there's a lot a lot of their a lot of their habits and a lot of their um, you know their isms are cast in stone. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because if you think about uh, people that you've known that were raised by a 22 year old mom. You know, or a seven. You know, had, yeah, my mom had issues. Seventeen, yeah, and so you know, here, you know, here I am, and and, and they're kind of like, you, you think about those kids, they're 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 railing against something. They're all railing against something. It yeah. seems like they're, yeah, yeah. they're 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 people that are involved in violence or crime, and you know, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, not mm-hmm. not all of them, not but, all of them, but yeah, but um, but yeah. many, and um. And I think that that's just uh, something that a child does when they're railing against a lack of security. They're trying to strike out, and um, I always make this analogy between dogs and kids, which is weird. But uh, dogs aren't like kids that just don't talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, because dogs, if 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 there's a lack of security for a dog, they'll try to take the alpha position. So if you if you don't. Um, if you don't set your dog back when somebody walks in the room and then greet the person mm. and, and you just cower or sit still, the mm. dog will then step up and, and be in charge. Of, uh, yeah. The yeah, dog yeah. will take that position. Just take yeah. it. Because it has to, yeah. Yeah, it just does instinctively. Kids are that way. Humans are that way. Mm. Um, where if we, there's no security, then we try to create our own. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. where gangs come from and all this other. True. You try to create your own family because you don't have one or whatever. Um, you know, but I think that's that's something that yeah, happens that makes sense for people that are gangs. born late in somebody life there's a there's a fundamental sense of security because the person's older and the things they say have more i don't know concrete that's true in them and and that's in a really positive light now like, yeah yeah if, I'm saying if, that positively if you go to the negative it's like well now they have all these solidified isms that are negative yes. traits that they are not willing to work with and change that's because right. they are so solid in their belief system but but it's a double edged sword because you get a sense of security from that from, from even that from even the, the <laughs> Be, things you don't because, like because it's consistent yeah the consistency. it's consistency yeah, yeah, I, you know what? That's totally. I can. My mom had consistency. Yeah, she and that's cooked. What a kid needs. She cleaned. Like she all. We always had food in the house. It's yep. like that Tupac quote. He said, "Even though we had it rough, we always had enough." You know, that's, <laughs> Is this dear mama? That's dear mama. Oh, uh, dear mama breaks my heart. It does, man. Yeah, that song. I used to sing that song all the time. Thinking about my mom. Yeah, but even when you were a crack, a crack fiend, you were always were a black queen. Yeah, you know, you yeah. were a crack fiend, mama. You always you were, were a black, black queen, queen mama. mama. Yeah, I, I gotta understand. Even it ain't easy trying to raise a man. Yeah, yeah, being a woman trying to raise a man. Yeah, yeah. I listen to that song when I was younger. I used to take issue with that one part though. Even when, you were always were a black queen even when you were a crack fiend. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, kind of maybe not then. But yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> in that moment, when yeah, you were yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought of you as one, but uh, you kind of weren't <laughs> right then. Hey, 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 man, kings and queens can are dynamic. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I guess we live, we live and learn. <laughs> we live and learn. Yeah, Tup- and we still came to Queen. Tupac had it figured out at twenty four. Right, so damn, you, you can be the president, and you can still do all kind of shady stuff, and you're still titled president. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I saw. Um, we are so far from your fight right now. It's okay. So it all ties I saw, in. I saw, I saw. I saw this thing. Uh, uh, well, I was watching. I'm rewatching West Wing. I've been talking about this, right? Did I talk about this last time with you? I think I've been, a little I'm bit. rewatching West Wing, and and there's Re- all these episodes uh, of West Wing. It's about uh, the presidency and government and all this. Mm-hmm. And there's all these episodes that are like um, uh, addressing things that are happening now. But this was done in the '90s. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, it's it's twenty. Uh, you know, wow, it's twenty six years old. The show, and and um, and so wow. Anyway, one that's of the, just crazy. I think the nineties are over twenty years ago. I, I know that's how far we are. <laughs> one of the episodes uh, recently, this latest episode I was watching, uh, one of the characters, well, the, the president's wife is being, uh, you know, she's being brought to court because she hid hid an illness he had, okay. and she's a doctor, and so she goes, well, what deal can be made? She asks the the counsel, mm-hmm. what deal can be made? And, uh, you know, can I, can I, what, what do they want to just like suspend my license for a few years and, yeah, then, and then find me or whatever? She's asking what deal can be made. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, uh, he goes, yeah. Um, he goes, yeah, that that deal could be made. You could do that. And, and, uh, you know, she suggests a couple of things and he goes, okay, yeah, just get, get a lawyer, get your own lawyer mm-hmm. and then you can deal, deal, work it out. And she goes, yeah. yeah, but will you tell the president? And he goes, no. She goes, why? And he goes, cause that stinks. And she goes, what are you talking about? You said you liked it. And he he goes, I didn't say I liked it. It stinks. You know what stinks about it? Is that this is criminalizing politics. That's what they're doing. They're trying to Mm. criminalize politics. This is in the 90s. They said they're trying to do in the courtroom what they couldn't do at the ballot box. And I'm like... Wow. Oh, my God. We've been dealing with that now. Yeah, we're totally dealing with that. For two presidencies. And that was all post this show. The show happened before. I mean, it's... they've been criminalizing politics and you criminalize politics and, and you and you start trying to create like another venue of managing your leaders, mm. your leadership. Yeah. You can't do that. I mean, they're trying to change that breaks it up. The, that breaks the back of what we built, you know, right? Democracy. Well, you I can't mean, criminalize politics. Well, well, they're trying to they're trying to change democracy, the rules of it, of course, slowly and surely. Isn't that know? isn't that gnarly, though? Like that they, they address the very thing that we're we're sick from right now. It's, it's why it's, it's almost not in the sense that like we. We kind of live what we create, like those. those oh, you're saying of, that like art happens, and then we go, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> I don't know, maybe you know what I mean. Yeah, like, and or maybe someone saw that and they're like, that's a good idea. Life imitating uh, art. Yeah, life imitates art. art imitates life. Exactly. Yeah. So someone might have saw that. I was like, yo, that, that's a great idea for uh, for some real life shit. And like, it's kind of like the Simpsons. You know, they've predicted so many things. Yeah. Like, or they, did they cause them? Exactly. <laughs> they yeah. literally have an episode where they're like at an over office, over office, and it's like a think tank, and the president's talking. They're like, all right, so what kind of crazy disease are we gonna are we gonna impart on the people to distract them from all the things we're doing? Uh huh. And then COVID nineteen. Yeah. You know, I was like, damn, that's crazy that they, they, they made put that into an episode. Well, there was in an like episode of West Wing where he was talking about how nuclear weapons were a big deal and all this. Everybody was like freaking out and all this. But he was also dealing, one of the characters was dealing with an outbreak of smallpox in the Midwest. And he, oh, and, um, and when he was talking to epidemiologists and all these different people that know about that stuff, mm-hmm. he got done, you know, like going in on deep dive on, on pandemics. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, this is in the 90s, he goes... Um, he goes. I want to tell you something, Toby. He goes. I think. I think World War Three isn't going to be fought with these weapons. Mm. It's going to be fought with this. And he turns on the news, and they're talking about smallpox. It's going to be wow. fought with one of these. He said, and, wow. and I'm like, whoa! Bi- biochemical ah, warfare. Mind blown. Fuck. 
I mean, that makes sense because we're not we're not out here trying to bomb each other, really. Like, that's crazy. That's going to destroy all civilization. People are more like, yeah, a little disease here or uh, destroy your financial system or your, your economy. Like, the collapse of the economy could cause more of a war than anything, really. Yeah. Like, that could just cause people to eat people. And that's what this <coughs> pandemic is doing. It's... it's uh, do you know about Slowly. the minimum wage? They're, they're talking about a minimum wage hike of like fifty to fifteen. Fifteen dollars, yeah, I've seen okay. that. Yeah, and how? So I'm fifty, and when I was a kid, I was getting. Right now, the minimum wage is seven something, right? Seven. It's like seven twenty-five. Yeah, in some places, I think maybe in some it's like maybe eight. But. When I was a kid, I got minimum wage. I got two dollars an hour at my first job when I was twelve or thirteen, and then wow. uh, and I had a couple dollars. jobs then. Two bucks an hour, breaking down boxes, weeding weeding beds at a motel. Um, actually, before that, I had a paper route and. That was when I was 12. So 13, I had the other jobs. Then when I was uh, 13 or 14, I started working full-time on the, in the summers at, mm-hmm. a, at a restaurant, and I got minimum wage. And it was, uh, I believe it was five twenty-five. That is wild. That's $2. That's it. For your time. I'm 50. For your whole time. No, no, but I'm saying I'm 50, and that was $2 less than it is now. How's that possible? That- how, how can people on minimum wage now survive, survive at all? You really How can't. Can they even, why are they even, yeah. You can't at all. Imagine the it. pressure that puts, puts on the government because of the social programs that are leaned on because mm-hmm. there's just no comparison. I'm right. not going to go work a minimum wage and, job. And then it's like taxpayer dollars now have to go to right. those people who have, are working just minimum wage and can't really afford it and then have babies and there's all these different programs. Like, and there's so not- it's, it's, it's gone so long that now it needs to jump. Yeah. And so if we do jump, the, the big argument is, oh, well, yeah. then you, you pay, you know, then you're just going to pay for, you know, $7 for a, a Whopper. Or like people who are entrepreneurs are like, well, that's not going to help me. And then it's going to hurt me. And da, 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 but, taxes. But yeah. And there's ta- taxes. Is that you or me? Uh, oh, that's me. That's you. Uh, but it's not important. I've okay. So check this out. So, with my phone. so here's the thing. Yeah. I got to mute. So, so here's the thing that's not that's not talked about that people seem to be missing. It's bugging me because mm-hmm. people are missing it. And I'm not a political guy, but I see this stuff on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and <clears throat> perfectly intelligent friends of mine just don't understand economics, government economics. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they're posting this crazy, like emotional stuff. So about quick like, to post, yeah. Too. Like, like oh, you know, businesses, <laughs> businesses will, um, you know, will suffer because, you know, they're, 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 it's the small business man that's going to have to, you know, eat this. And then, right, the, and then tax, the products are going to go up and then everybody's going to pay more. Inflation is going to be inflation. But think about this. I know minimum wage workers. Do you know minimum wage workers? Yeah, I do. We know lots of them. I've been minimum wage, I, my, wage Yeah, I've been. I've been. And most of the people I grew up around and most of the people I spent time with for uh, <laughs> decades yeah. were uh, minimum wage workers. And maybe even now, a lot of my friends are minimum wage, minimum wage workers. <laughs> minimum, 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 minimum wage workers. MMA workers. But what I know about those people and myself when I was one is that what do I do when I get money? I spend the shit spend out of that. that shit. I spend it. Not, are, you, are we investing? Are we saving? No, like, man. What are we doing? I'm not putting it in an IRA. Sorry, yeah. I'm spending it. Yeah. And and uh, and, I don't know if and I here's the long. other thing: <laughs> if I'm making five twenty five an hour, uh, no, seven twenty five yeah, an hour. Making seven twenty five an hour. I'm making seven twenty five an hour. Let's mm-hmm. say, and I'm paying. How much am I paying in taxes every year? Uh, well, who knows, who right? Knows, yeah. Let's say it's a thousand bucks. Maybe not even. Hopefully not. If you're if you're only getting seven twenty five. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. maybe working forty hours a week. Two thousand. We talking full time. You work two thousand. Two thousand with with vacations. Well, which you wouldn't get. You, you wouldn't get any vacations. You get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, Supposedly. And, and you're also probably not getting benefits. You get two thousand hours. Maybe two. Maybe twenty one hundred hours a year. <sighs> or I mean, uh, yeah, twenty one hundred hours a year. Hopefully, you're making above the poverty line, which is twelve thousand dollars. <throat> so well, what's twenty one hundred? What's twenty one hundred times? Uh, so you can do this. Twenty one hundred times. And, and, um. 
times 725, 7.25. So that's roughly 15,000 a year. Mm. <clears throat> you're paying taxes. Yeah. You're paying state. You're paying federal. Yeah, you're um, right. you're, you may not be paying federal. You're paying state. So what's going to happen when now you're making 30? Mm. You're paying more taxes. Way more taxes, yeah. Okay. And that's every single person who gets that wage hike. Now all that money goes into the tax. Now what's going to happen when when – isn't there a percentage of people that now uh, compare a minimum wage job against being in a social program and mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, screw that social program now. I, I'm getting 15 an hour. Right. I'm going to go get a job. So <clears throat> now you're relieving pressure from the government, government uh, social programs and you're getting more tax money. That's and then true. and then and then those people that are making now they're making thirty something thousand a year. They were living on fifteen. This is a good point. Or like trying this. to really point. all that good money that they're spending now they're spending. Uh-huh. Where are they spending it? That, and I, I guess, are they are they where are they spend where are they spending? Are they spending? Are they buying bombs? Are they buying? Uh, yeah, are they, yeah. Who knows what they're spending that money with? That's why people are also worried about taxes. Yeah, but, no, I'm saying they're not buying high dollar. They're not buying Rolexes. They're not buying. You know, sure, they're not. They're buying. They're paying the they're rent. Spending money at small businesses in yeah. their regional towns. Hopefully, or well, they're mostly, or they're on Amazon, and or they're buying things in, at corporations. You tell know, me Walmart, that's not a, an economy. Walmart. That, tell me that's not a massive economy stimulant. All that money flushes right back in, and then more tax money and less pressure on social programs. That's economics. Here's, I, Everybody knows that. And, but, but see, so here's where the small, I guess here the, the small business owners like uh, argument. Oh, well, now I got to pay my employees more, minimum wage, and then also my taxes are going They up, make blah, blah, blah. more money. The business? They, yes. Because, they're making tons because, more money because, because people, people are, are flush. Buying the, yeah. They're spending money. Yeah, but they're not necessarily spending money there. They're they're probably online or going to chain corporations, you know, and then also and then also things with the pandemic. Think Don't we it. live in a capitalist society? We do, but but the pandemic's also shutting people's businesses down as well, and corporations are thriving right now. Corporations <clears throat> are making more money than they did before the pandemic. That's an that's an upper level problem. That has nothing to do with the minimum wage. I'm, it's just where the money's coming from. So, like, where do you want to get your money from? If you, I mean, I, I'd rather get my money from a minimum wage worker I, than f- try to get try to get money from a rich guy. Because go ahead and give that money to a rich guy, which they've been doing. Instead, right. what are those guys doing with it? They don't need it, bro. They're just gonna save it. Mm. That's true. Yeah. Or they're gonna invest it in stocks and, and make more money and just and make more money and for themselves. More money. Yeah, and yeah. maybe that's a stimulant. Maybe it's not. But it's up to them. Mm. So. I would rather we're getting our money from the minimum wage worker and we're putting it back into the system because those people are going to put it right back into the economy. Whereas uh, the upper level uh, wealth, yeah. they don't put the money back into the economy necessarily. They may reinvest in business, but they may not. And it's up to yeah, them. And, and this is not really like and, good and, of a trickle down economy. And I don't know too many McDonald's workers that have connections in, uh, you know, in where, uh, where in Italy. Business connections in Italy. Do you? No, I don't really know that where, many McDonald's where workers. It, period. So no, I, right. I'm, yeah, I use that as an example. <laughs> so I'm just saying I don't know a lot of minimum wage workers that have a lot of business connections in other countries. Yeah, where yeah. they're gonna they're gonna do business and use their money in other countries. Right. But everybody who has uh, an upper level of wealth. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna spend has right, right business in. connections in other countries, and yeah. so if that looks, if that grass is greener, that's where our money goes. That's so true. our money becomes less green. So. That's what I'm saying is that like all this feeds into the idea that our minimum wage needs to be way higher. Mm. But everybody wants to say, no, but it's reaction based. Yeah. That, oh, well, you know, my, my, but my friend who owns the donut shop is now going to have to charge more because he's going to have to pay. His... Okay. Well, let's get past that idea and let's, let's put it into action and see where that money flows because now, and, and see what happens. because that donut shop worker benefits enormously. 
because yeah. of the lack of pressure on social programs, because of the uh, the amount of tax money going back into the coffers, which allows for tax cuts. Right. Which you know, I mean, all this stuff stimulates the economy in, in a way that helps the donut shop owner. It's funny. I find it interesting because when you think about like what the unemployment like uh, claims are, there's so many people claiming unemployment right now, and people are getting up to three hundred, four hundred dollars a week. With unemployment. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, look, where's all this money coming from? Have we always had this money? Like, if, if we have enough money to give, like, a lot of people 400 plus dollars a week, you know what I mean? We probably have enough money to raise minimum wage, you know? And yeah. and that would help the economy, like you're saying. So there's just so when many you things. Hear, isn't it crazy when you, so hear those, money. when you hear those numbers and they're like, um, well, you know, if, if we cut if we cut uh, all of education, it would, uh, it would equal, like, a, a tiny percentage of what we spend on other things like defense. Or like yeah, other, which yeah. is pretty alarming but it's crazy because we actually spend a lot of we, there's a lot of money and in income and budget for the education especially in savannah like they get like a billion a million some plus dollars for education in the city and these schools are trash so it's like that just goes to allocation of funds yeah it's more like management issues and, and so the management issues are real and like we need to really vote people in that are going to take care of these issues and get these people out of here that are that are the, the secretary intendants and superintendents of the, 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 the city of chatham and like uh, the, the county of Chatham there's just so many thing issues in all these small counties that need to be addressed otherwise if the education sucks and people are having sex and, 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 and using drugs and doing all these things and they don't know and, can't and, have and, sex. and if, 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 if you're uneducated in, in, in what you're doing it doesn't matter what it is you right. shouldn't be doing it shouldn't be having sex you shouldn't be making babies if you're not. If, oh, oh, that. You know oh, what I mean? Okay, there's there's okay. a lot of like people making <laughs> like, babies. Sorry, sorry. I didn't understand the my connection. Bad, my bad. <laughs> there, there are a lot of babies being made, and there are people that can't afford these babies, and this is oh, also why man. these programs are being stressed so hard. Uh-huh. And that's mainly an education issue. And this brings us to Jimmy's biggest announcement, which is that he's running for president <laughs> of Savannah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> why don't you run for politics? City council. Uh, I've I've thought about that. Uh, I, I have a couple moves to make first. But really? Then, yeah, like just moves within my own personal. Yeah, yeah. Life and stuff. Well, you got a car that helps. Yeah. <laughs> Get my mobile baby. Yeah, you can't be you can't be showing up to like as a mayor on a on, moped on, on a scooter. On a yeah, scooter. your scooter. <laughs> yeah, showing up to press conferences on your scooter. I got my <laughs> suit on. The mayor's on his way. <laughs> the, uh, Eagle, Eagle's on the move. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a sexy Vespa though. Secret Don't service worry. on Vespas all around yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, we just talk, I got, I'm gonna have a motorcycle actually with a sidecar and my secret service. Yeah, I'm gonna, be in both my, I'm gonna have two sidecars on each side, <laughs> one on this side, one on the other. <laughs> and they're just ready, locked and loaded to shoot somebody, <laughs> talk shit to me in traffic. Fucked up, but um, that yeah. would be amazing if you ran for some sort of uh, public office locally. That uh, would be cool, and it, it would be a good start because you know, be your chief of staff. Because you know, <laughs> that'd be cool. I'm not even joking with you. Well, you know, I need I need to have some start because I'm going to be president of Liberia. So, like, yeah, shout out to that. Yeah, yeah. So I need to have some kind of start, you know. But yeah, yeah that fight, man, this weekend was crazy. Oh yeah, the fight. <laughs> All right, so we got there. Uh, so tell us. So, so then you had that moment. You slap and bump. You slap, feel the weight of the world come down on you. You yeah. dump all your jujitsu memories, and, and now you're just a guy on a mat with somebody who's about to whip your ass. Yeah, it, it was funny. It was like a slow uh, creep past my guard. So in jujitsu, you know, you start standing. All right. Took it to the ground because I was like, he's a judo black belt. Don't want to get thrown. So oh, I, yeah. Yeah, we so, talked about that. Yeah, so I still had that in my mind. I was like, maybe he's a judo black belt. And like, um, my takedowns and stuff aren't aren't the best. So I'm just going to 
pull guard, which is funny because in the song, I go, <laughs> I never pull guard out ah, on the ground. I'm ten toes down. But you did. But I did. You so. even told us about that, that you were going to. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm going to pull guard. It's just a strategy. You know, this is a fight, right. whatever. But uh, so I uh, went to the ground. We're in half guard. He's controlling You did my... successfully pull guard. Successfully. But yeah. to half guard. So you didn't get a closed guard on him, but who's I, getting that nowadays? Yeah, I, you can. I, I I wanted closed guard. If it was closed uh, guard, I would have felt more comfortable. But it was half guard, and he was his base was really good. I couldn't couldn't off balance him the way I wanted to. He's and a judo guy. Yeah, his base Woo! was crazy. And Those was, guys amazing. They'll be doing judo from their knees. You're like, how? Come on, man. Nay waza all quit, day. Just quit like, with the magic. All day they pin. That's all they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's up with this pinning magic? <laughs> yeah. So he passed my guard slowly. Crept crept to my. Side control, and I, I didn't let him settle inside, so I got to my, I, I rolled to my knees. How do, wait, wait, you skipped a step. He crept to side control. What did he, slowly, knee slice he or was, what happened? He was slowly, like, gripping and, like, pushing my knees to the side and, like, essentially just, like, did, like, a guard pass in a sense. Like, uh-huh. just kind of pressure pass? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. More pressure, more pressure. Shoulder up in your jaw like that? Um, More, like, just with the hips, like, heavy hips and then <clears> passed my guard and was controlling with the with the grips on my pant legs and my hips and, okay. and just got my arms out of the way. But and, he like, never committed his weight to you because I know you. Well, so here's the thing about, like, like I said, I had an adrenaline dump, but I couldn't use my arms the way that I, I would usually. I wasn't framing right. I couldn't grip. Like, I had this lactic acid buildup. It was so strange. I felt like it wasn't me. Anyone that watched it, watched that fight, you'd be like, damn, that's not how Jimmy rolls. Oh, well, Grant said that. He yeah, goes, yeah. Jimmy just froze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he thought you froze. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I wasn't even there anymore mentally. So, but um, and maybe he was repeating something you had told him. But uh, he true, true, it did, it did feel like a freeze up. Anyways, I, I ended up rolling to my knees, got the turtle, and I sat there, and he got, I let him get like a lapel grip, and I'm like, I'm about to get choked. I should do something about that, and like, I just didn't, <laughs> and um, and I lost. I almost, Could you hear James? I I heard I heard stuff. I heard a lot of things. Yeah. I just didn't listen to anything, and yeah. um, it was a real moment in my life, like where I think I just. How to buckle down and think about what's going on, like what's going on within me. Yeah. Why? Why was I able to perform something I do all the time? Why was I able to move? What's going Did on? Did you want to be somewhere else? No, not not necessarily. Like I wanted to be, I wanted to be there, but I felt like there was just so many things that I put in the forefront of my of my psyche that I wasn't I wasn't there. I wanted to yeah. be there, but I wasn't there. Yeah, what I meant, meant when I said, did you want to be somewhere else? Did you have these other things in your head that you felt like were more important and so you were trying to sol- actively solve them in your head and think about them while you were doing this? I th- yeah. You put them in front? Kind of. It was almost like the, the shock of what was happening to me triggered yeah, all, all the things yeah. that I had going on in my head. Hey, that's very real because it is yeah. a thing. It's a fight. It's a competition. It's yeah. a, you know, And anything can happen when your mind goes, here we go. Right, you know, right. fight or flight causes yeah. all these different reactions. Yeah, it didn't feel like another day at, on on the mats at open mat or something. You know, like interesting. So, like that's where I need to be at. Where like knowing yourself and knowing your truths and being solid in yourself makes it easy for anywhere you go for you to be yourself. It's kind of like just engaging in social social setting. Like you just bring yourself to the social setting. It's, there shouldn't be an anxiety there because you're just gonna be yourself. Yeah, you're not gonna be ashamed of it. You're not gonna be like I don't know if I should be different. No, be you. Whatever that is. Do you ever feel that way? Like before you go to a social set, are you excited? I, I sometimes get excited. Yes. Where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go just sit and just listen and be still and think and like meet new people. And I get super excited yeah. th- thinking I'm going to be the best me today. <laughs> and then I show up and then after it's done, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Sometimes <laughs> I do that. Like I'm like, wow, I was, I was talking yeah. too much or I was doing whatever, you know? Yeah, I feel that way a lot too. I feel mm-hmm. excited. I'm like, yeah, like last night I had dinner with, be some, the best one. with some friends. Yeah, I got dinner with some friends and two of them I don't, I don't really know that well. So I was just like meeting them. I, I 
met one guy at the dinner. It was yeah. like Super Bowl thing, and it was like two two other girls and my homie, and uh, we just like ate burgers. And uh, I didn't really know any of them that well. Yeah. So, but it was just like getting to know them, joking, creating like these like little insiders within the night. You know, like yeah, cool stuff. I I enjoy I enjoy being social, but sometimes mm-hmm. it, it can give me anxiety just because I'm like be myself or da da da. But now I'm living more in myself. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to communicate and hang and be around people and do anything. You're proud of yourself too. You're proud of you're proud of certain commitment to like a commitment to, to integrity and these things that you're doing. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're yeah. Uh, when we're ashamed of ourselves and we aren't doing living our truth, uh-huh. uh, social situations are harder because we feel like we're. I mean, I think yeah. we feel like we're trying to hide something. Yeah, and we and don't that, show up. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, if, if you're trying to hide something, it's like oh, what's sad. Yeah, I and mean, what is it saying? Like, you don't have to have a good memory if you tell the truth. Absolutely. So it's like yeah. it's like if you're not being truthful about who you are, you have to like create this facade. And right. In the moment of doing that, it's like it's like anxiety to try to do that and like deal with the grappling of the whatever you're engaging with. Yeah, useless lies. It's it's so weird. Useless lies pop up when you're yeah. feeling ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And you and somebody can ask you the most inane thing about yourself, and you find yourself twist the truth a little. Yeah. Because you're ashamed of who you are because of something that's never going to come up. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I just, uh-huh. you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not living my truth in some way. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like sad or ashamed. And then and then if someone asks me like, you know, hey, uh, so, um, you know, wh- wh- where was your mom born? Uh, Poughkeepsie, uh, Illinois. No, she wasn't. <laughs> what the f- Or, you know, I'm just using an absolute, example. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like some bullshit no yeah and that too not not only words but like just how you would respond to something is a lie because you're not being yourself right. like if someone was like like made a joke at you and da 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 maybe you you might respond to it a certain way usually if you were being yourself but you're not being yourself so now you're trying to like think about how you want to make an impact based off of what they said do you want to what's your perception how do you want to be perceived instead of just being yeah yeah that, and that is like in jujitsu, you won't have good timing if you're too worried about what the other person's doing uh-huh. and not feeling it and doing what you know and being natural and fluid. Yep, same thing. Yeah, so you got to be fluid in anything. And um, definitely social settings, you need to be fluid. And you can't be fluid if you don't know yourself. Were well, you it, sad when you lost? Were you uh, bummed out? Oh, uh, yeah, I was blown, you know, of course. I was like on the mats in my head dramatically. It's funny, me, Zaid, uh, Grant, myself, we all lost. It was, yeah. like, it was like Zaid first, got knee barred. Grant got, uh, uh, what's it called, Ezekiel choked. And then, then I got a bow and arrow choke, diving bow and arrow choke from, uh, from Turtle. And, uh, oh. and all of our. Oh, all, those hurt too. I mean, those are tight. Yeah, they're tight. I almost went out. Funny, but yeah. um, that's the one that Luke Rockhold choked me unconscious with. It was a bow and arrow. Oh shit! Yep, from Turtle. Like, uh, might have been. Like you know, just on the side of you and grab that. Probably, I was a blue belt at the time, so who knows what position I was in? But it could have been Turtle. Yeah. yeah, but um, I was, I was, I was, I was a little mad. I was mad. I was upset. You know what I mean? Just more so at myself and anything. You know, like damn, like, where was I? Why was I there? More so that I just didn't show jujitsu. I didn't show the art. You know? Yeah, you didn't show what you're capable of showing. I mean, right. you're, you're, yeah, your jujitsu is fun to watch. It's exciting. People are like, "Yay!" Yeah, I like there, to move. There's probably a little bit of pressure for you for that reason too. Like everybody around you is going to see what you do, and you know True. they're expecting it. And True. then they expect, then they saw something else. Yeah, I'm sure that was weighing in on you. Uh, yeah, I think that definitely, and, and just giving too many fucks. You know, I think I might have cared too much about the win, cared too much, and then also like Zayed and Grant just lost, and I'm like, "Yo, I got to represent for the whole gym." Blah blah oh, blah. Oh, some you know, pressure. Yeah, just pressure, general pressure and just like caring too much about it all instead of like allowing myself to be fluid 
it was every super tense. I was tense, gripping really hard. I can't let him do this. Instead of just like letting him move, moving around, being free and fluid. Being you. Just that's being, the strength of your jujitsu. Exactly. Not caring. Yeah. And it's funny. It's almost unlucky that that's your jujitsu. Some guys, uh, they're structurally framed and that's kind of their, their jujitsu, but yours is a flow. Yeah. But some, but I'm framing and I'm locking up. It's like flow and, and, and structure at the right. same time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's funny, I read a book recently, well, it was an audio book, and I listened to it. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. You mentioned that last time, I think. Yeah, that, man, it just kind of changed my changed my whole perspective, honestly, just because I was like, damn, I really do give too many fucks. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, he says it in the book, he's like, it's not about not caring about things and being aloof, you know what I mean, coming off like an asshole, but it's more about not caring about the things that you don't need to be caring about. And only caring about that, and and so so therefore, by diminishing the things you don't care about, you actually have way more room to grow into the things that you do care about. So you're not overexerting yourself, overextending yourself. You're 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 not like oh, I went to the gas station, the cashier said this to me, and now I'm pissed off. Yeah. Now this is where your energy is. Yeah. Don't give a fuck about that. That's so weird. I've been struggling with that exact thing. <laughs> Yeah, my sister actually just had an issue where somebody something weird happened, and she was sort of in fear, mm-hmm. and um, so with a person, somebody somebody called her about some package, and it, you know had her information on it. It was just freaked her out. Yeah, and she and she, it was bothering her. You know that kind of thing will stick with you. Of course, yeah, you don't let it go. Yeah, and especially if you're a woman, because security is a little bit you know scary. Don't, security don't is different, ladies. <laughs> no, for real. No, you like, know, as, as a woman, it definitely is. Like, security you gotta... weighs on them differently. Like when they meet a new man, or they're alone in an and on a street and there's a dude you know uh-huh. like these things matter to us it's a different experience we walk through life differently yeah way differently mm-hmm. so they have to carry these other things around with them these other um they have to manage these other things mm-hmm. and uh my and the sister was managing the emotions of fear mm-hmm. and uh and she said that um she meditated on that uh had two meditations in a row on this and uh in one day and she just sort of released the fear and was like i this is silly because how could i possibly control that yeah if if anything came of that all these fears i have about these hap- these things happening mm-hmm. i can't control them and i'm giving all my attention to the one thing i can't really do anything about yeah, <laughs> yeah instead of because it was all of her attention it poisoned everything and and i was just having that happen last week with some inane thing and then actually a couple weeks ago when uh-huh. we were talking i was having it happen with um you know just a relationship with a neighbor mm-hmm. because i want people to like me and i was upset that it wasn't happening the way i wanted it to yeah and um and i couldn't manage that and um mm. and then remember when i quoted i think i quoted this in the last one but it's worth saying again it was a barbecue please barbecue uh quote <laughs> 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 that name is just so funny. I love barbecue cleats. By them. the way, uh, draw this, John Eden. Draw barbecue cleats for us, and draw, we'll do the shirt. Yeah, or crop them in somewhere. Figure it out. Yeah, but um, the quote is Mark Twain, actually, mm. and he probably stole it from barbecue cleats. But uh, <laughs> but Mark Twain said, uh, "I'm a very old man, and I've lived uh, through a great many troubles, uh, none of which have ever, none of which ever occurred." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a great quote? Yeah, man. It's your perception of things, man. It's, yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's, it's really what you think about what's happening to you and, and how you perceive it. But think it. about your own life. How many real troubles really have happened? You've, uh, you, su- you know, if you think about it, escape, I've subverted a few. Escaped death narrowly a couple times. Oh, yeah. Sure. But I mean, how many real troubles? You know, think about it. Like all the things you feared along the way. Yeah. Most of them never really happened. And the fact that I'm still here today, alive and well, I'm like, oh, well, I, yeah. I, I brushed past those anyways. So. Catastrophic things that have happened in my past. And I look back at them. And they never happened. I was worried about them happening. Mm, yeah. Worry. Yeah. Worry. Premeditating your worry is definitely something that can keep you in a low place for sure. Yeah. That's so also what, something growing up. I, I saw a lot of 
of worrying. Really? Yeah, a lot. So much worry that I'm just like, damn, man. Like, I can't be like that. Uh, man, we're getting in trouble with women here. Yeah. That's the woman thing. For yeah. me, no, I'm saying it. What, no, what sure, I'm say my, mom, my mom worried a lot about yep. stuff. She was super concerned. Yeah. And with, with every right, you know, she came from another. From, she lived most of her life. In fact, all of her adult. In conflict. In, in, in another country. That's what I'm saying. Oh. So she grew up. Imagine growing up in America. You're 39 years old. And then something happens to America. And you got to go to another country. That's kind of like America. But it's a completely different country with people that look completely different from what you're used to seeing all the time. Yeah. It's just a different world, you know, and then you have to leave because of war and you have to go to this other place. So the, the trauma of war and where you used to live, you kind of got to depart from and like almost numb yourself to. But you're still memorizing. You're still you're still remembering it like every day. And then you're trying to raise this son in this world without a man in this, this world you don't know of. And I can imagine the stress. It's a lack of security. It's the very thing she gave you security. Yeah, she didn't have really. She didn't have it all. Or did she? Was she, she raised she, with security? She, she she was raised with a bunch of family, and she took care. My mom really took care of our, her family. Like she she taught all. She the, created the security. She, in yeah, her yeah, she really did. And her, her mom really taught her how to be that way. And my mom had to walk like ten miles to get water. My mom lived a completely different life, you know. So mm-hmm. she always imparted that onto me, like pretty much how privileged I was growing up in America. Like, oh, you're in America, you should be happy you're in America because we used to walk 10 miles to get water, so don't waste that water. 10 miles. 10 miles to get water and put it on her head. And, and then walk back. And walk back. That's the kind of shit my mom did. So like, for, so for me, growing up with a mother like that who would say things like that consistently to me every day, I would, people's problems became very ch- childish and trivial. Did that, was that trivial real? Did that seem real to you? Uh, yeah. Her stories? Yeah, 100%. It didn't just seem like a far-off land that you couldn't imagine? Nope. See, because we hear I, I, these... could, I could envision it. Like, I have more of an eidetic memory, and I yeah. could, like, create imagery in my head, and I can imagine her walking. I imagine her taking care of her family. I can imagine, like, wow. I was. You know that at, at least one time coming back with that water, that 10-mile walk, maybe it was five miles there, five miles back, or was it 10? I don't know. You don't know? It could have been more. It could have been less. It, but it, one time, one time the water fell. Probably, probably oh devastating, and and just to have the the perseverance, the perseverance yeah. to just yeah, she can't come living. home without water. Yeah, my you mom go back and get it. And she was very smart. My mom got her master's degree in education. Like my mom is a very smart woman who came who got traumatized at at her older age. Imagine like being like thirty five and everything's cool, chilling. You're loving the country, and all of a sudden, all these civil wars are happening in your country. Yeah, at thirty five or like thirty three or whatever, whatever year that was for her. But everything was cool up until then. She used to tr- go to Jerusalem. She went to Israel. Like she, she traveled. She traveled. Whoa. Like she's so, a worldly oh, woman. She's okay, smart. Okay, so here we are thinking about this as uh, a listener to this story. Yeah. I'm thinking of her living in a dirt hut and like not nah, having a, a regular. Nah. My, my, like mom, a my mom did a lot. She went to school. Life. She was a teacher. She had a bunch of students. Very smart. She's, she was a teacher. I think this is why maybe I have a natural affinity for teaching because my mother was a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, she still is. She works with kids now to this day. She's very good with kids. That's probably nature and nurture for you. I imagine it's just in your DNA. Yeah. Because you're her son, but also you by example. Yeah, for sure. And so... I, yeah, anyways, where were we? I kind of... You, say, you were saying that she... Uh, that she... That the... Um, we were talking about... I was saying with women... Um, that they oh uh, worry yeah worry that they worry uh-huh. more because they internalize that's the kind of how a woman is socialized and and I don't care what country you're in mm-hmm. that's a gender thing women tend to be socialized to take things to heart more it's why they mm-hmm. say there's like people wrongfully say there's no funny women that's not true it's just women are socialized yeah there are very funny women but women are typically socialized to not make light of things to take them to heart uh, yeah. and carry the worry and they're and um, it's okay for them to express their emotions and and 
and cry and, and be that way. Whereas for men, it's like, oh, no, men you're are ma- supposed to man up. They're socialized. Yeah, they're yeah. socialized to make light of things, right. meaning make them lighter and don't and and use the humor as a catharsis to get through that. Well, and that's how men are socialized. So the, of course, yeah. there's more funny dudes. And, and of course, and typically, like we're the ones that have to go to war. You know, yeah. that's always been the case. So if you if you're a man, you have to go do things like that. You got to yeah. be able to make light of your your, your situation. Sure. You're not your life is not it's not made for us to be comfortable. There's no one that's supposed to make give give us comfort. But in the dynamic that we've created, a man's supposed to take care of his family. Uh, a woman stays at home and takes care of the kid. A man's supposed to bring the comfort. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, or the yeah, bring uh, the amenities. Bring the amenities yeah. for comfort at least. And the woman's uh-huh. supposed to not or die with, trying. And the woman with those with those amenities makes a comfortable home. And takes everything and, to heart. And takes everything Nurtures. to heart and, and cares. Mm-hmm. She's supposed. She's supposed uh-huh. to care. She's while he, go, to care. While he goes out and does kind of like savage shit. Can't care. So so he he can't. He has to be. He has yeah. to be able to be numb and hard. So when you're raised by a woman, you're raised with uh, an example of someone who takes things to heart and worries and cares. So you took. So you took that example and upon yourself. Yeah. So you worry. Worry. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So so I think it affects how you do these other things. Um, but it's good to have that side. But many men don't have a developed um, feminine side. And uh, you call it a feminine side, so these attributes would be... Yeah, feminine energy. They're not necessarily feminine. Anybody wants to shit on us for saying that. It, it just is what it is because genders live a different life uh-huh. um, in a lot of ways because of what we do with the family mainly. Yeah. Um, Can we take a second? I kind of really have to take a take a leak. You got to pee? I, I really do. Yeah, do it. All right, all right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to monologue this. All right, all right, all right well, so... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I think that um, women uh, tend to carry that through, you know, and and I I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to sound misogynistic, you know, by saying this, but I I really do believe that um, the gen, that the the life of a different, you know, like a a woman's life is going to be different than a man's because um, of a lot of things socially, which, which I agree is, you know, construct but then much of it is evolution much of it is uh you know i can hear jimmy Payne out there he's going uh <laughs> much of it's evolution and over evolution we have in our dna and our fiber in our cells we have these reactions to situations we have these um you know experiences uh we have these things that just happen to us like what happened to, to um in, the, in what happened in that fight um with jimmy where he just had a reaction. You know, he had a, a physical reaction. It wasn't like he chose to have an adrenaline dump. This is something that happened to him because of his DNA, because of his, um, his epigenetic memory, his cellular memory. And, uh, and we can't deny those things. Those things happen. That's real. That's part of our experience as human beings. So as a result, and I know this because I was raised by one gender who is not my gender. And I have, as a result, I could tell you, Definitely, as a result, I have a more prominent feminine side. So that's what I was getting at with with uh, with Jimmy, um, who will be back in a second. Um, is that he uh, he has a more pronounced feminine side? So as that because of that, he has a more um, a more developed nurturing side, and and so these things are you know it's a it's a double edged sword. There's a cost. There's a cost, you know, and uh, and in your experience, Jimmy. Um, you know, I think when you were in that, in that fight and you had that experience of worry that you were carrying with you and all these other things, if you were somebody who quote, didn't give any fucks, yeah. um, that wouldn't have been as much of a thing. 
exactly. If I just went in and was like, I'm going to do this and I enjoy this, and I didn't care of the outcome. I just wanted to show the art. That would have been different. I think a lot of the time, a lot of our suffering suffering comes in caring about the outcome. But not giving, like you said, not giving or giving zero fucks doesn't. It isn't necessarily bad. It's, yeah. You know, but it can be. Yeah, can't, yeah is that, that's what I'm saying. Like putting too much fucks into caring about the outcome of losing, versus just caring about the outcome of winning, which would create. <laughs> you see my slouch. I, I can crunch. I can. <laughs> Like, Jimmy's know. laying on the floor trying to get into his mic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, caring about the outcome of losing over just thinking about winning, which would then put me more in my strategy, would put me more in my in my thought of movement, would put me more into my game plan versus losing, which would put me more into like fear, which would put me more into uh, tension, which would put me more into not wanting to open myself up. And whenever you're acting out of fear for anything, you're going to be tight and tense, and you know that the only things that can break are things that have tension. Ooh, I like that. Um, so let's talk about Connor. Okay. Connor. Ooh. Yeah, let's talk about Ooh. Connor because Connor lost uh, hard to uh, yeah Poirier to Poirier. Yeah, uh, Poirier. And, and and but but I gave the first round. I mean, I kind of felt like the first round. First round was kind of it was Connor. It was, I, I, it was I, Connor. I think it was more Connor. I think Connor. Was and even if his. you even if you could argue that it was more Poirier, but definitely Connor had the game going. Uh, he had a game going, and mm-hmm. it was working. Um, but the leg kicks were happening in that first round, and and Poirier His even leg kicks were nasty. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't even same spot, yeah. same spot, just hitting them. Yeah, and you don't see what's happening when you're watching it because it's a low kick. It's different. It's not like way up in the body. It's right. not way up on the thigh. It's that low kick on the calf where uh, we all know now that's a thing because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of modern, kind of new. And it's not a knockout or something. It's not something that looks like it's fatal. It's not like something where it dates it dazed them at all. You know, you know what shocked me but was like, when when it actually stung him and paralyzed the leg, and then. And then he was against the against the uh, fence. Yeah. And he had to he he had to slip only. And and I sat against I stood against the wall to feel that. And I was like, because you know, I mean, we <laughs> I did I stood against the wall. You put put yourself in his shoes. Yeah, I stood against the wall for a second, and I thought, how how can I punch if I don't have a leg? Yeah. If have, I'm missing my leg, you have nothing to drive off. Of. I got nothing. What are you to drive gonna off? do? What am yeah. I gonna do? What are you gonna do? Just sling I can't, that shit. I can't step forward sling on it. it, and I can't use it to push off of from the back. So what do I got to do? I got to stand square, and I got to slip. Now, now, what happens? How much power can I put in a punch? It's mm. nothing, dude. Yeah, it's nothing. It the really only nothing. thing he could do is slip, and he just kept slipping and slipping, and, and then finally he got caught. He knew it was yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's trying to manage his leg, get it to come back, and it didn't. It's and crazy. Pop. You've got and, no drive. You got and, no drive. and it wasn't a fluke. Poirier did that on purpose. Yeah, Poirier was just knocking that leg out. Of course, he knew he didn't want to get hit by a knockout punch by Connor. He said he was surprised Connor didn't check it. Hmm. I think Connor tried to check it. Connor a time. said he tried yeah, to check yeah, he, it, but he yeah, didn't check it right. He, but he didn't check it right, and it was hurting him. And, and uh, who said that? Bisbing was uh, either Bisbing or somebody. I heard him in the post fight analysis was saying uh, about maybe even a different fight was talking about that uh, checking that mm-hmm. kick. Yeah, just bringing that leg up and uh, stepping into it and like, a jab, ke- checking it with intent, mm-hmm. um, and being very aware of how to check that that uh, kick. Right. Um, and using it as a tool, right. because using it as an offensive tool, because that's what Weidman did. Yeah, to like move forward and like throw a jab with it, you know. Weidman, Weidman, well, Weidman made a made a made a, a decisive. Uh, he made an actual conscious decision to aim his shin bone in a certain way to toward the kick with uh, Silva because he had yeah. seen how Silva thrown mm-hmm, it had mm-hmm. thrown it in the past, and so he did that. He broke Silva's leg. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, Silva broke his own <laughs> leg. Really, <much. laughs> no, but no, Weidman did it. Yeah, he did. He, he pointed did. it right there at yeah. that point, that top point of the shin. He's like, I'm going to nail that right on the shin, and he did. 
He knew where it was going to be, and he hit it. Pop! It took a couple kicks, but he found it, and then he and then he used it as a tool. Now, Connor was just was just I think in his in his because he admitted it. Mm-hmm. He he admitted that it was just to him the low kick was just a nuisance. Yeah, he didn't really. He didn't have a plan for it. He didn't check it all enough. Well, even if he had been checking it, he didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. It was a nuisance to him. It wasn't a tool that he could use. He he knew it was coming, but he didn't he didn't capitalize yeah. on it. And so when Paul said in in the last conversation we had yeah. that uh, oh you know Connor's gone soft because he's rich and all that, I think that's simplified a simplified <laughs> way of looking at it. He's just soft now because he's rich. Yeah, no, 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 that's bullshit nah, because it's Mayweather's too rich and he's he's still strategic in his fighting. So it, I think that's too simplified. I don't think it's like that. I think you can be rich and you can still, but but still, I do yeah, think that fighting. being rich causes you or having a lot going on in your life and be and having a lot of money and and not having the 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 dog in you to go and do the thing right causes you to um to not be as proactive or as as you're not surviving you're not like i gotta do this or i'm gonna die you don't have that so that that fire that that little tiny difference may have been the difference that made connor go wait a second Mm -hmm. he's gonna be kicking that low kick why don't i use that as a you know we should be capitalizing on that you know he maybe that was just that one little decision he didn't make before he got in that octagon Mm -hmm. because he didn't have to because he's got a hundred million dollars that's that too and also think this is their second fight you know what I mean? So Dustin's coming in here like, yo, I, I need to prove myself. You know, I'm about to Dustin whoop some ass. also knew that left hand's heavier than any hand he can throw. He <laughs> throws a heavy hand, yeah. but that left hand's that coming, left. and he knew it. That's why he hit that foot. Yeah. So he hit that leg like so that. So he know? came at him with that. So mm. now Connor knows about that. So he knows about the heavy hand, the heavy left hand, and yeah. how to try how to avoid it or at least uh, put the guard in the way. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then now Connor knows about the leg. So how is this not the best fight ever? The next third one. Yeah, the, the third but one's every, gonna be epic. But everybody's shitting on the idea. They're like, oh well, you know. And even Poirier's like, no, nah, man, I'm not interested. I just want to. Well, I mean, I think. Why wouldn't you have a third one? This is best two out of three. This was settle it. That's what we want. Two out of three. I need. <laughs> I can't have a one one. That yeah. sucks. I need a two out of three. So the reason I brought it up is because Connor probably uh, feels how you felt. You, you think. Like, like he wasn't there for he wasn't sure. He you present. saw how frustrated he was when yeah, he was he sitting was. down on the. Can- he's like, oh my god. And also, he's like a meme now, forever. You know, like. But like yeah, forever, I don't know. Forever. I mean, when you're, yeah. Or maybe you don't care at that point. You maybe know? Like, he's like, been enough of. Yeah. And he's he also already, rich, and he made still made a lot of money. He's off been that through fight. that shit so much, and he yeah. knows that he's the been more with the more people hate him, the more money he makes anyway. Right. Right. So, so I don't think he's worried like that. I think it's more like I bet it still gets at you, you know, to like see images of you knocked out online all over the place. I would imagine maybe you have to figure out a way to make light of it. Like we were talking about how men need to find ways to make light out of things because we go to war often. Uh-huh. But I still think that has gotten to him a little bit. I, get to I, anybody. I, I really do believe this, that he's not saying it out loud, but I think he thinks he just lost on a stupid little thing that he should have seen coming. Uh, I think he, he also he also I, then just got pieced up. It wasn't like, oh, I got kicked in the leg and he... He, pieced up. he got knocked out because he didn't have any legs. Yeah, he, but he got pieced up. Yeah. One, two, three, bam. Well, yeah, because you didn't have any legs. Sure, yeah, not just. <laughs> There's no offense, which is part of his defense. So if he can't have an offense at all, yeah, I mean that. But he's never had that moment. Mm. So now he's had that moment, and I think he think I think he's I think he thinks ah, fucker got me with a cheap one. That's funny because he got taken down pretty pretty nicely. I think he could get taken down again off the ones. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And it was a it was pop up right there, and he stepped behind the leg and he tripped him right there. He's doing he pretty good. Top. He was doing pretty good though. I mean, he was. I think Connor was fighting really well against Poirier and would would possibly win that fight, maybe even two out of three times. But mm. uh, but he's got to address the leg kick. If he addresses the leg kick, now what? You tell me. If the leg thing isn't there, what happens? Then there's gonna be something else, you know. And some... I'm not saying not there. I'm no. saying he now uses the leg thing. 
Okay, he uses it, and then Dustin figures something out too. He's got a whole training camp. Who's also like, oh yeah, well now Connor's going to train gonna the, leg the leg kick. It's not going to be like, yeah, let's keep keep the same plan, game plan. No, they're going to go into thinking of a counter to his counter. How many clean shots did Poirier have to catch him with to knock him out? It was, I think, it was three. Or you mean like up up until the point where he got knocked fight. out, D- or for the, the whole fight. during the fight? Oh man, a lot, a couple, a couple. I, th- I think it took a few. Yeah, it took a few. But and I think with Connor, I don't, I don't know that that's the same case. So if if they get on equal ground, if if he can get this fight to equal ground by by taking away that leg kick as a tool, mm. I don't see another magical tool coming in. Uh, it, then it becomes a strategic sort of exposure of holes, and and in that exchange, we've learned that Connor possibly wins that fight. The, m- m- that'd be maybe it. more than more than maybe more than fifty percent. That'd be an interesting fight, but I don't know, man. I don't know, Dustin. He, he just came out looking so good the entire time, and yeah. even and even the first round when he fought, even the first round, I still think Connor won, but I think that he didn't win by that much. And then the second round got, gets knocked out. You know what I mean? Like like you said, the first round, Dustin's like knocking his leg out. Connor just won because he got more hits, but Dustin was actually more strategic with his <laughs> hits and, and what he was playing to use them for. Was kind of just like I got a strong left hand. I'm gonna hit you with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that's your plan, I mean, he's dancing ev- with the, everybody the, knows your plan. Yeah. Khabib made all anything he could do. He shut it completely down. Khabib. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm just thinking like people who have shut him down really well, and oh, yeah. I think we just people know his game. It's not like it's anything new. Yeah. People know it, so I think he's gonna get beat more now. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, that's what happens to everybody, right? Yeah. Every everybody. There's, everybody. There's always a rise, and then there's a yeah. fall. Unless you can be. Unless you can be, because <laughs> he's like, I rise, and then I'll see you later. And then bye. <laughs> I'm all the way up here. Fuck y'all. Is he coming back? He he might if the money's right. Oh yeah. If the money's right, come on. We're talking about like a couple million. Let's. Yeah. Let's a couple do a, million. Let's do like. A, I think he needs more than that, right? Let's, let's do a 10, 15 million fight. Ten fifteen. He comes yeah. back for easy. Why yeah. not? Just why not? Then you could do so much good with it. It's not even like a matter of him being greedy and wanting to be. Do you think he's rich. a philanthropist? Like he wants to do good with it? I think that's what he already does. That's what his thing is. Yeah, so his whole thing. So he's like, man, if you pay me enough, I'll go out here and fuck up whoever you want me to. And then and I'll take this money and give it to the people. Exactly. He's a man of the people. Which would be great. That's cool. Yeah. More more altruistic pe- human beings out here. You would know? you vote for Khabib for president? <laughs> <laughs> Is he a citizen? No, um, no. <laughs> sure, man. Let's, let's go ahead and change that in yeah, the honorary in the Constitution. citizen. <laughs> yeah. Honorary president. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> could be was president. That'd be kind of brutal. We live in a pretty brutal world. Okay, everybody Think gets so? up every morning calisthenics, 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a tyrant. Cal, what are calisthenics? Does you put the person on your <laughs> shoulders, you run 10 miles. I thought it was my own body yeah. weight. No, no, no. It's just body weight. Then you fight bear dog. <laughs> <laughs> bear dog. And you must wrestle with black bear in the jungle. such <laughs> an accent. So, uh, so, I, so, yeah, I, I liked that one. I watched Olverim and Volkov last I night. I didn't or the night that. before last. Yeah, how was that? Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's how you feel? I couldn't watch. That's like, how you I feel felt, that? I felt as sad watching that as I felt watching Chuck Liddell. And I don't know why. Um, was it a letdown? Did he just... Dude, Overeem, Overeem got uh, kind of clowned. I don't know. It was weird. Volkov is, you know, I hate being the guy that says that because I know that he's fighting Volkov. So he get punched in the face by Volkov. You're going to react differently than if you get punched in the face by, you know, um, Bertha from the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> the lady with the word on her nose Bertha, that changed Bertha, your birthday. Bertha, don't, yeah. don't hit me in the face, Bertha. Um, I'm not trying to get hit. So, so he's obviously going to react different because that's a heavy hand and uh-huh. the guy can find the hole and all that. But, um, but. 
uh, you know, obviously, you know what I'm saying? When people watch, uh, like, somebody fights a really good fighter, and then they're like, man, he just didn't show up. No, 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 he showed up, no. and then somebody really gnarly <laughs> somebody kicked also, his ass. also showed up yeah. twice as hard. Yeah, it made him look really like a <laughs> beginner. So um, the problem was that it, it's not a clear picture because Volkov is a tough motherfucker, and he's mm-hmm. big and tall and all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. but, some, but uh, man, Overeem reacted weird. I'm watching the time, too. Okay. Um, Overeem reacted weird. Um, it was it was weird, man. How so? What do you mean? He got hit in the face, and then he kind of ran. He ran away a lot of times. But has he done that before? I feel like he's kind of done that before. Also, I didn't see him throw a lot of kicks. But also, if, if you get hit a lot, you know, you're kind of like, okay, shit. It was They're weird. It was just a weird fight to watch. When you watch it, it makes you sad. You're like, oh no, yeah. And mm. he just wasn't. He wasn't a warrior in it. He wasn't battling. It didn't feel like that. But he was also getting his ass handed to him in a. You know, there were some exchanges that busted him up good. And, and you know, I haven't had that happen, so yeah. I can't speak to that. So um, I say that with stitches on my face. <laughs> I've never been busted up. Never. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, that was a sad one. And, um, wow. yeah, and we'll see how on, how it goes. But even Bisbing said, um, you know, kind of the, un, the thing nobody wanted to say was like, you know, sometimes, you know, it just catches up with you. Yeah. He said, you're out there a long time. You stay a long time. It's going to catch up with you. That's what he said. And and that's what it looked like to me. And mm-hmm. and in the next weeks to come when the dust settles mm-hmm. and Overy makes his choices, I think people are going to start to speak openly about how he looked in there because mm-hmm. it looked a little disturbing. Mm-hmm. I got to go back and watch that fight. Now. You got to. Yeah. Incidentally, I'm, I mentioned that I got busted up. I have mm-hmm. scars. I have a scar on my face. I have stitches, seven stitches. I see oh, a plastic man. surgeon tomorrow. But you look prettier than ever. So, yeah, so like, I got, yeah. Still, you're still pretty flat. All right, right, all right, all right. Just, so I got hit in the face with a surfboard. Uh, that hasn't been uh, talked about. I got hit in the face with a surfboard. And uh, yeah, and it was, I don't know if it was my surfboard or my son's. I'm pretty sure it was mine. Um, but it was, uh, that's happened. Like when you pop up out of the water, you got to cover your head because the thing could could have nosed into the uh, sand and the yeah. shot back up over the wave, and that and that's what happened. And so it came down on me, and it hit so hard, boom! Good. The only time I've ever had that happen before is when I got punched in the eye, and it split the top of my eye, same side. Where this actually the split is, it, it's a continuation of the previous split. Oh, by the way, yeah. If you, you got punched close, in, in what setting? What was going on? Uh, I was 22 years old, and I chased a bunch of uh, uh, rednecks. They couldn't get alcohol. Uh, uh, or no, I I didn't chase them. I ran into them. I ran into a group of them. Like bumped and started into, oh, swinging. No, oh, I started swinging. <laughs> no questions asked. Just no, like and no and no technique and no ability to fight. Were you t- were you turned up? I was drunk and my uh, my wife at the time, uh, who is not my wife now, <laughs> um, was also drunk and we couldn't get alcohol because it was two o two and so we were furious yeah. and so she ran off and was pissed off and was running across this parking lot and I was letting her and uh, and then I was like wait a minute I'm not letting her run away and I and I started chasing after her uh-huh. and I'm like hey I go I, I was like yeah I was as I was running after I was like come on I'm chasing her through a parking lot oh, and so these guys in, that are that had been also trying to get alcohol uh-huh. when we were trying to get alcohol realized they couldn't and so they were pissed off they were in this truck and they stopped their truck and they're like leave her alone and I'm, she doesn't want to be with you and I'm like that's my wife motherfucker and I just ran right into him and started clocking dudes there's five of them in a circle oh shit and i just hit a guy and then all of a sudden everybody started kicking my ass and it was like <laughs> i mean i had fucking cracked ribs and a busted jaw and like a split on my forehead that oh, never got stitched and uh oh, yeah yeah it was bad it was a beating and uh and i got out of it uh and as i got out of it i ran away yelling um <laughs> you got straight khabib i was i was running backwards and there they were probably just laughing standing there because yeah. they, they worked me dude and and i'm running backwards and i'm going 
and I had been listening to this morning radio show, mm-hmm. uh, talk radio. The guy's name was Conkleton. Rick Conkleton, I think. Rick Conkleton. Or Tim Conkleton. Tim Conkleton, I think. And it was in San Luis Obispo. But it was this like really smart guy. He was like a local local, like, you know, and, and I I felt like I knew him because I listened to this uh I listened to his morning radio yeah. news show yeah. every day. Tim Conkleton. And uh and and so and I'm a local and these kids were like they were college students there at Poly. Yeah. Because it's San Luis Obispo. And um and and a lot of times the, the you know the students come in they create a little mayhem and and all the locals there we just hated that yeah, and so it's like Savannah it's like what the fuck are y'all so doing I'm here? backing up and I'm and as I'm running away I go I'm gonna call Tim Conkleton I'm gonna tell him and they're gonna you guys are gonna be fucked and I'm, and I'm yelling about this news radio guy that I'm gonna call <laughs> and talk about what they did and like and now they're gonna run all the kids out of town <laughs> I don't think so dude so they must have been going who's Tim Conkleton why do you sound like you chain smoke cigarettes you're like I'm oh, gonna go yeah, bro, bro. I don't know I don't know. <laughs> And then as I'm backing up and I'm running backwards, this dude jumps out of the bushes uh, like a block away. Uh-huh. I, I, I turned around and they started running. And then this guy jumps out of the bushes. And I'm like, hey. And I'm like ready to fight again. And the guy's like, no, no, no it's okay. You stay ready. It's okay. It's okay. I was just watching. I saw everything. And I'm like, okay. Well, are, you, go, are you an ally now? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. And he goes, is there anything I could do for you? And I'm like, not now. <laughs> Where were you a couple fucking minutes ago? Gotcha, man. I, I call you an ambulance. You're a little late. <laughs> you want a beer, bro? Yeah, like you, I had my back. <laughs> want to go out to happy hour? Yeah. Like I had my back. <laughs> That's just, like, but, your, but like, just a little late. He had your back in the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had my back up there. So anyway, so I, I had a mobile auto repair business at the time, and I was always thinking business. Yeah. And uh, I was 23. And uh, I'm like, I'm gonna give up. Yeah, we gotta go. I, I just got a heart out. Eight. Yes. So, uh, so anyway, I had this business card in my pocket. It was the Auto Elf Mobile Auto Repair Business, which mm-hmm. is my mobile auto repair business. <laughs> and um, and so we're walking along, and uh, and he goes, "Hey, I'm right down here on South Street." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And uh, so we go, we start walking down South Street. And now I lived up Broad. We're on Broad, and I lived a little further up Broad. But uh-huh. he starts walking me down South Street, so he so I can clean up. And uh, he goes, yeah, you, you get you cleaned up, man. You can come to my house. You can clean up. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm like walking along with him. And we're, we're like two miles into this. And I'm like, dude, I live like a quarter mile that yeah, way. Like, like what the you, fuck are we doing? Kind of odd journey. Yeah. And he goes, come on. on, just come to my place. And I'm like, all right. I, now I don't know why you want me at your place. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so, so, I, so I just grab, I take a business card and I go, if you ever need any auto repair, give me a call. And I give him my business card. It's covered in blood. Yeah. And uh, yeah, from, cause I'm dripping from my head. Like my whole, I had a white button down shirt. It's just what covered in blood. Dude, this was split wide open. So, uh, and then I and then I walked home. And uh, <laughs> and the best part of this, my my wife at the time, her grandparents were um, were fundamentalist Christians, and they uh-huh. were staying in a mobile home, uh, motor home on the beach, and we were supposed to go visit them at ten in the morning. Well, it's three thirty, four, whatever mm-hmm. it was, and I and and I I. I guess I passed out, fall asleep, whatever, at home. She's there, you know, so she's put on makeup when I came home. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, you're, I got all these, uh, you know. Yeah, face is like, fucked up. Yeah, I got, like, pity points. <laughs> and then um, and then we fell asleep, and then we, we woke up, and we were late. We were there at 11 instead of 10, and we mm. show up, and I got this split eye. Gnarly looking. My jaws swollen, barely talk, my ribs oh, are cracked. And uh, we go there like nothing happened. And uh, the story was, this is we've got our story together oh, before, is that I was working on cars because I was a mechanic for Chevrolet at the yeah, time. And then yeah. I had a mobile auto repair business. I don't think, I think I just had the mobile auto repair. But it, the story was that I was working on a transmission and it fell on me. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's a transmission. Yep, no, you know how when a transmission falls on your head and yep. everything's fine except oh, you, you don't? Gotta... <laughs> oh, okay, well, you don't want an automobile repair company, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I'm talking to a 70-something-year-old man who lived in the Central Valley of California, and his son was a rodeo rider and like uh, oh, a, a long-time drunk partier for years until he pulled it together. And uh, and so, yeah, he's no stranger to every single injury I got. He'd seen it all. Yeah, and, uh, he, knew, he knew what the fuck was going so on. So we, we go to walk in, and they're like, oh, hi, oh, hi. And, and uh, we go to walk into the thing, and he catches my head as I walk in, and he looks at me real close, real close, gets in close, and I can smell the kisses. You know, an old man. Boo-boo. No, no, he just <laughs> looks at the scar, at the at the big split, yeah. and the jaw swollen and stuff, and it kind of hurts how he's holding me. And he goes, "Take care of yourself, man." <laughs> I remember those, the, and I'll never forget him saying that. Oh, damn! I'm sure lots of people said stuff to me around that whole thing, but that's the guy I remember him saying that. Well, yeah, he gazed into Take, your eyes and held your face. He did, <laughs> and he said, "Take care of yourself, man." Wow. But there's day. so much more to what he was saying than that sentence. Whereas everybody else who might have said, "Hey, you should blah blah blah," or "Why did you let this happen?" Mm-hmm. or "You know what? You know, why didn't you?" Da-da-da-da. He was really speaking to your soul. That he, meant so much. Yeah, yeah, he was talking to, and you, I was able to put human. all the meaning in it. You know, mm-hmm. and that really takes. That's like your mind that did that. Otherwise, some people would just be like, oh, "Okay, I'll take care of myself." True. Yeah. <laughs> so our heart out is upon us. We did finally cover the McGregor fight. We talked a little bit about your fight, and uh, it is time to play the music. It's time to dip out of here, yo. And let me just say something important to all of you. Please, take care of yourself, man. Take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> know yourself. Take care of yourself, and love yourself. Yeah, don't carry mm-hmm. guilt around, right? Yeah. yeah, give it, give it to something. Give it to someone. Some people give it to their gods. Some people give it to. You know, a jar, a penny jar or something. Give it something. Live your truth. Live your truth, you know? Live your truth so that you can go to the party unfettered. Unfettered, exactly. And you can hang out and be and excited about, be truthfully excited about socializing with other human beings. Right. When they finally let us. <laughs> when they do what I want out here in the <laughs> South. There's 250,000 people at the Super Bowl, so fuck out of here. Yeah. Was <laughs> we, it really? Yeah, we're in the South, okay? In the Florida and Tampa, yeah, that Super Bowl is packed. By the way, I got to say this. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 1970. That's when okay. Martin Luther King and, and Bobby Kennedy were assassinated and the Beatles broke up. And then they won it again in 2020. And we know how that went. Yeah. So I'm pretty glad they lost. <laughs> glad. We need to disband that team. <laughs> They're destroying America. It's clearly your fault, Casey. It's your yeah. fault. Can't like, say the Chiefs, man. Damn, you got to get rid Chiefs. of them. Well, I mean, Tom Brady won again, so, you know, maybe maybe some balance will be restored. Unless he's traded to the Chiefs. Oh, God. <laughs> She's like, we need you. They're just gonna have him go to each team in the in the league and uh, and win a and win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I bet he gets paid so much to go to another team. How, how funny would it be if he gets twenty five thousand dollars a year? <laughs> yeah, okay. His, his his net worth is two hundred million dollars. So wouldn't it be funny if he just had a bad agent and actually he's the lowest paid football up. player in, yeah. in, in football? And it's and like it, it comes out years later, and he just and does like, it for the love he, of football, or he just didn't know. Yeah, he's like, wait a minute, we could be making millions. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta do it. Yeah, I do it for the sport, and uh, you know, yeah, to high five my son after. Yeah, yeah. His lifestyle's like nah, nah, bro. Give me the millies. Oh, Give is he? Little. Yeah, is he making bank? I'm making two hundred million dollars. That's his net worth. Two hundred million. So he's making money. Do you know your net worth? Probably like a couple of dollars. Mine's a gee. Mine's, <laughs> mine's a gee in this microphone. A gee. <laughs> mine's this keychain that has like a little. Yeah. It has a spine on it. My network. In my car. My, my net worth is uh is one one giant puppy. Oh wow! A cute, a very cute, a puppy. very cute giant puppy. Yeah. A not so great Pyrenees. <laughs> three surfboards, a microphone, and a gee. One of those surfboards is it might be injured because it hit you. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. hey, guys, you are not your mistakes. Okay. 
you are you, you are not your past you are whatever you're trying to become and who you are now all right so focus on that who you are now and who you want to become you're not your past you're not your mistakes forgive yourself you're not your mistakes that you made today tomorrow tomorrow you're somebody new and somebody new yeah man i'm telling you the best lesson i ever learned was when i forgave myself i was trying to accomplish a better me mm. and i failed and instead of focusing on slip being having slipped I, mm. I forgave myself. Yeah, just keep moving. That's it. Love you. See you next time. Love you guys. Peace. Bye.